Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's a bit cliched, but I've got a fear of being average. So at the times where I've been too ill to do anything and I've kind of feel like I've fallen from grace, I had a 10-year black hole, really, in my life. And after the brain operation, it was two years where if I was going to go out, I had to be taken out like a kid again. The main thing was it felt like a waste of life and time. Throughout my youth, I got dizziness and strange sensations and I'd fall over a lot or walk into doors. Then I started having a history of operations, which probably just too many to go into. So I think the things that should have killed me or killed my spirit seem to be the things that have built me up to have more of a spirit to fight back. Yeah, Aston Villa have been massive in my life. Um, I can't overstate it, actually. It's, it's part of what I am and who I am. And, you know, when you've gone through the years of seeing you win things and then you go through that rut and you get angry or disappointed and people say, why are you going? And other Villa fans will recognise it. And other football fans of other team. It's what you do. I hadn't got that many friends or um, things to do. Found a Villa website, started writing, just in the forum. He took me on to write articles and it just blossomed. It gave me an idea of my place in life because I'd gone from passing my degree, getting ready to go out to work, and then there was 10 years of doing nothing. And I didn't know what I was. And actually, what we did, whether people agree with the protest and all that, we did it professionally uh, with respect to him because he was an older guy. I've got letters to prove that we, you know, it wasn't abusive. But it made me start to realise I, I was doing live live interviews on Sky and all that sort of thing, which, which was quite a, an achievement for me because at times I can blank or the words will come out wrong. And I did uh, an interview with the Villain Radio and it, it was a, my parachute jump. I originally said no to the then presenter, Dave James put the phone down and then thought, well, hang on a minute, what are you doing to test yourself, to frighten yourself in life? So I did that and it just opened up into, you know, set up a media company and uh, been writing and it, Villa had given me everything. Football was the one thing that, that I did in any state of health. I mean, I've e- I was even helped at one stage, I had a massive flare up and they were put me in a box. Um, Cause I, and I had to lie down sometimes during the games because the pressure in my head would build up. But it, I mean, it's given me friends around the world. Um, I was dealing with the owner um, at one point with the takeover and sometimes had to pinch myself of getting to know some of the former players. A few of them become friends now because I was literally that guy that just lay on the um, floor in my house and I didn't have any mates back then. My old set of friends had sort of moved on and, you know, no, I mean, Villa have brought me the world and now I walk around and, and oh hi JF how you doing and all that sort of thing it's nice because I was a complete ghost people were telling me in the early 2000s that I should write a book and all I'd really known is operations and uh, there was a big conspiracy in the national health that I go into um, about me not you know not being treated right and uh, not being put on waiting lists and things like that and I kept thinking I can't write a book this is no one's going to be interested and it's all quite depressing, really. But in 2005, I think it was, I thought, well, because I like writing, I got a computer and not really a great deal to do on it. 
I hadn't set up my business and got myself back working at that stage. But as soon as I put my fingers to the keyboard and started No One Said Life Is Meant To Be Easy, it kind of started to make sense that actually this could help. So that was written over a number of years and I, I kind of caught up with my life. And at the stage I caught up with my life, apart from the National Health Scandal, which could have been a book on its own really, it wasn't positive enough for me to think about trying to get it published. So I had to get out there and live. So actually it's about 10 years after that I got back to writing because I've filled my life with, apart from more operations, more scars, more tattoos, uh, with, with, with achievements to show that there, there are some words where you say, I can't do that, where you're right, you can't. But you have to then think of, well, what can I do? So it came right up to recent times. I think I finished the, about 2017 with this book, or 2018. So it comes right sort of up to modern life and what I've done and the challenges, fundraising and all that. So it, it's been quite, quite interesting. And then it's got a lot of poems, which I didn't think anybody would mention the poems. They divide every chapter. And I haven't seen that done with any other book. Um, but actually an awful lot of people have said that it, I, don't, I didn't think I liked poems, but I've really enjoyed those. Or my, my aunt said to my dad, uh, where did Jonathan get those poems from? They're brilliant. And it's like, well, he wrote them, you know. So it, it's, been a, it's been a long journey, this, this book. It would be a lot easier for me to sit here and play the, the, the poorly person. And I think some people comfort themselves by defining themselves by their illness. Whereas my doctor said a few times he likes me so much because I don't refer to the brain condition in the, as, as mine. It's arm's length. It's almost like a third, third party. And it does come along and spoil the party at times. And then every time I get the chance, I'll get back out and, and sort of fight it. But it is difficult because at times, I mean, when I, I, I did this marathon and I broke myself doing it. And to explain to other people why I possibly do that is quite difficult because it's difficult to explain to myself. I don't know. I think having lost at least a decade but probably more really of of what I would like to have done and these are my young they were my young years 20s and into your 30s you're meant to be making hay and enjoying life and and really I was sort of um, a passenger so I think ever since I've just sort of right I'm, I'm the driver now yeah this is my uh, man cave I come in put my music on shut the door shut out the whole of the world keep my phone out of here and just do whatever I can at the time so when Villa have lost, it's usually the punch bags that uh, get my attention. But it means uh, an awful lot to me to have a gym myself. For me, mentally, even though my body clicks and creaks and hurts, and I often get very, very tired, um, this gives me the right chemicals, makes me feel positive. Uh, I'd encourage anyone going through good times or bad times to do some exercise, because it's so important to the body, and it's so important to the chemicals in your mind. And I think my drive is, I want to die knowing I've lived. But I think if you're fit and healthy and you're just sitting there drinking rubbish, eating crisps, watching soaps, you're not really living. And one day you might look back and think, what have I done with my time? I think at times I've thought I might have to give up, or certainly that 10 year spell. For me, even though I was ill, I was still an athlete. I was still wanting to do it, reading about it, planning when I could. But it was just a very, very long uh, wait, if you like. And I did get so out of shape because there was really no choice. I couldn't move about, I couldn't even walk sort of properly. So um, I think every time I get that little window of opportunity to train or to do something, even like yesterday, I went for a walk, wasn't feeling the best, get very, very dizzy. It's quite dis disorientating when you're that dizzy. Um, it would have been a lot easier to sit, sit down and watch the telly. But I went out, 
there's a country lane by by me and, and actually it was fabulous but you have to push yourself in life to get out and do something I mean writing a book is very difficult because you have to think about all the deeper meaningfuls in what you're doing and, and actually I'm not sure it's always a healthy thing to overanalyze yourself it's definitely a drive from within just to prove to myself that I'm still alive and some of that is I mean the, you know things like Ben Nevis or Marathon it, it's just I can't describe the agony and I nearly passed out um, and didn't tell my friend that was doing it with me during the marathon because he'd have just put a stop to it there and then. But I do like the thoughts of what other people have told me, and you've read it in the book, where they're saying you're, you've inspired me, you've made me reevaluate my life. So I think probably some of it is to prove to others, and especially younger people, because there is a chapter in the book where I go on about, you know, I had a mental break, breakdown. I think it's, and, and it was a chapter that I didn't think I'd write, and once I wrote it, I didn't think I'd publish it. But actually, if you're going through a rotten time and you can read someone else's story, uh, when I was in that much of a black hole, dark hole, and everything seemed desperate and over. I think if I can show to some of the youngsters now going through mental health, and the awareness is a lot better now, maybe that's, and it sounds a bit grandiose, but maybe sometimes that's your purpose.